Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. You know, every week we bring you a leader who we know will both inspire and equip you. And I'm super excited for today's conversation. Kurt Seberg, he is the lead pastor at a church called Victory Church, which was founded in 2000 uh, by this incredible couple, Glenn and Linda. And they named the church Victory because they wanted people to experience victory in their lives through relationship with Jesus. Well, Pastor Kurt came to the church in 2004, was the, began the, uh, as the lead pastor in 2006. And, and since then, they've really been on a tear, man. Lots of good things have happened. They've launched new campuses. Uh, they've been expanding. Uh, and they really you know, continue to have a, a real drive around mission and vision. And they've expanded a bunch of locations all around Lancaster County, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, and they're one of the fastest growing churches in the country. So I'm just so honored that you're on the show today, Kurt. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. Thank you. What an honor to be with you today, Ridgeman. I'm pumped. Yeah, this is so good. I, I uh you know, there's all kinds of jokes you can make about Lancaster, and I'm not going to make them. You know, I'm just going to let it just lay there. You know, you've got a computer, you don't drive a buggy, you know, That's all true. of those things. We'll just leave all those jokes there. That's right. They're all around us, but yep. We're good. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about Victory? Kind of fill in the picture there. Uh, what did I miss? Yeah, so Victory, like you said, started in 2000 and um started out just in, the, in a, just in Glenn and Linda's home and just mm-hmm. kind of grew quietly and slowly, but mm-hmm. uh, they brought on, um, the first lead pastor was about 2000, I think it was 2002, they brought him on and, mm-hmm. um, he was a good friend of ours. And so he had reached out to us a lot. We were on staff together at one point and we were mm-hmm. youth pastors cause we've been youth pastors for 17 years up to this point. We were full-time youth Love pastors, it. just living the dream. And we were <laughs> living down in uh, Lakeland, Florida at the time in mm. a great church with Wayne Blackburn of Victory Church. And, mm. Um, we just, he just kept, you know, after us and after us to come on up and help mm-hmm. get this work going and things like that. And so in 2003, we said, yeah, let's do this. And so we moved up Love there it. in 2004 and came alongside we were there for about uh, a little over a year and a half. And then he had stepped mm-hmm. away and they asked us to step in and take the lead of the mm-hmm. church. And it's just been it's been amazing ever since then. Mm. So cool. I, that must be a work of God that you moved from Lakeland, Florida to Pennsylvania. <laughs> you know, they uh, typically yeah. the trend is going the opposite direction. People are moving, you know, from Pennsylvania to Florida. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, but the reality is, man, you know, my wife and I are both from the Northeast and we just miss mm. the seasons. You know, I mean, yeah, when yes. you're in Florida, yeah. it is always, it's either hot or hotter all the yes. time. And so, yeah, we missed this. We did miss the snow, missed the fall time and things like that. Yeah, it's it's so gorgeous around here. So that was it. Yeah. For it's us. a beautiful, yeah. Beautiful. We were talking about this before we went on air. It really is a beautiful part of, it's one of those p- parts of the country where I'm like, this might be what heaven's like. It's quite That's nice. Right. It's beautiful. It's <laughs> That's the garden cool. spot of Pennsylvania. 
Yeah, love it. All right, so you know you've led for a, for a long time. You know, been been in the the driver's seat since two thousand six, mm-hmm. and there's clearly been changes, yeah. growth. You know, you you've added multi site. You've done a bunch of those different right. things. I wonder if we could take a step back, help me understand kind of how do you think about setting direction and setting strategy. What is what does that look like for you? How has that kind of evolved over the years? Well, that is like that's critical. That really is mission mm-hmm. critical. If you don't know where you're going, you know, there's everything else. Nothing else matters at that point. Right. You've got to yeah. have a direction. And so for us, it, it really took us some time to really figure out, okay, what, Lord, what do you have for us? Because mm-hmm. it's not only for us as a church, but you also have to take into account what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses mm-hmm. as a leader as well, because that's going to play into it as also. You know, you have, there are some folks that you'll just grab what somebody else is doing. You try to copy paste that and it might work for a little while, but after you go for a couple of years and it doesn't work. And the reason why it doesn't work is because it's not you, mm. you know? And so it's great to learn from other people. And I am always learning. Mm-hmm. I got a best buddy of mine, uh, Blaine, Blaine Bartel. He'll say, if I got eyes, I played your eyes. You know what I'm saying? But he's just like, <laughs> There's always things to learn from other people. And so you always have mm-hmm. to kind of keep your eye on the horizon, what's going on, but you have to be true to who you are as well. And really mm. those things for the Lord. And so vision, very, very important. What are you going to do? What are you going to be about? And then what's the strategy? Mm-hmm. How do you go about that point of the vision? And so for us, some of these things like took a little while for them to really mm. develop, <laughs> even though we, we, we got what we thought was a really clear uh, scripture verse in March of 2006 and Isaiah 54 about enlarge the place of your, your meeting. And I did not understand what all that meant. And so mm. there was a continual, I think we were probably into that for maybe uh, maybe two or three years to really try to figure out, Lord, what do you have for us? That's going to be very unique mm-hmm. for us. And we don't want to be unique just for the sake of, Hey, look at us be unique, but we just wanted to be true to who we were. Mm-hmm. And so that's, but once we had that clear vision and that clear mm-hmm. mission, man, it was just, it was gangbusters after that. It was, hmm. At that point, it was then figure out the strategy. How do we come about and accomplish that vision and mission? I, I love that. Well, I think that I love this. I think, you're, you're hitting on something that I think we often don't think about, or, or maybe um, we miss a nuance there. It's really this connection between, you know, ourselves and what God's calling our, our church to be. It's like you look around and you're trying to assess what is the needs in our community, kind of where do we right. believe God is moving? But then that has to fit in context of, hey, he's also called you to lead. So when you say it took a while, help us understand that a little bit. Was that you? Was that you trying to self-explore, understand yourself a bit more, or understand, you know, the mission a bit more? Maybe help us kind of pull that apart. I'm, I'm intrigued oh, by man. this this idea what, of the connection between you as a as a leader and the mission. Yeah, or the, what, a, the vision. what a great question that is. <laughs> because you know, for me, it was like I said, we you know we are youth pastors, you mm, know, and mm-hmm. so there was a thing that we did, and there was a way that we did youth ministry, and it was. And uh, the Lord was really blessing it to step mm-hmm. into what it was like to be a lead pastor. And mm-hmm. it was, a, it was a small work at the time. You know, there was only a couple hundred of us at that time trying to figure all that out. So you're exactly right, Rich. I mean, it took a while for me to figure out me, but it took a while for me to figure out our church as well. And not mm-hmm. only the church, but the scripture verse in Isaiah 54, that talks about enlarging your house and building an addition. Mm-hmm. We know that for us, that really was our multi-site 
that had to do with multi-site, which would come a couple of years later. And Ooh. so all of those things into play is really what took it for as long as it, it did really to help to, to develop that. And you wanted to bring the people along with you at the mm-hmm. same time. We wanted them to own it as well. And so there's a lot of, when I say they, it was more of our leadership team to own mm-hmm. the direction that we were going in the buy-in as well, because it was love different it. than really a yeah. lot of things that anybody else was doing. Yeah, I love that. So a, a part of this process is obviously knowing your community, knowing where you you kind of the both your church community and the church you're trying to serve, right? Or the community you're trying to serve. Talk to us about how do we do that? How do we how do we try to get to know? How do we how do we learn about them? How do we, yeah, what is that? Or what's that? What has that looked like for you over the years? Because obviously your community has shifted and changed even since 2006, right? Things oh, have changed time. in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. What does that look like for you? In some ways it's changed. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, it's still very much the same. In our mm-hmm. area, we have um, in Lancaster County, Lancaster County is a unique kind of a place because mm-hmm. if you're living in the county, the communities are very much all about the communities. So if you're mm-hmm. from Lidditz, you're from Lidditz. If you're from Mannheim, okay. you're from Mannheim. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you can only be a couple miles apart, but you are in those communities. If mm-hmm. you are in Ephrata, you live in Ephrata. But if you mm-hmm. see some people like in Florida and they're from Pennsylvania and they're from one of those communities that I just listed, it would mm-hmm. be like, hey, I'm from Lancaster County. You're from Lancaster County, too. And so, like, we own mm-hmm. the county when we're away, but when we're in the county. Oh, that's a good nuance. That's it, it really is very nuanced, but it's really played to our advantage because our sites that we have, there's six of them that we have right now, they're all in these communities. And mm. they're they're not that far apart where I have, you know, I got a lot of friends, you know, their sites are maybe you know 30 miles apart or 40 miles apart. You know, our sites are like eight miles apart, 10 miles apart. Mm. They are incredibly distinct, meeting mm. the needs of the people in that community in mm. and of itself. And so it has really played to our advantage to be mm-hmm. able to focus just on the communities that are close by. Okay, I'm going to push you on this a little bit because I know you're a smart leader and you've thought about this. So one of the things that in on from a multi-site point of view, I've always kind of struggled with is this balance of kind of we have a unified vision, we have one thing we're pushing towards, and we have like a unified culture. Like there is by definition, you know, you go to a victory church in Ephrata or in Mannheim, like uh, there's obviously some common things. That's why you're multi-site as opposed to just church planting. Right. And balancing what you're saying, which is, okay, we've got local realities um, that we want to kind of um, nuance to. It should, it should feel like it's in Mannheim when it's in Mannheim or wherever we are. Right. How do you balance those two out? How do we make sure? Because in some ways they feel like they're maybe at odds, like the kind of common approach, you know, Victory Church is Victory Church. And then, oh, we're also trying to figure out how to be very much in our communities. What's that look like? Yeah. The, the in our community, that's a great question. You're smart, Rich. There's, <laughs> it's very, very important that you know what's going on in your community so right. that you can meet the needs of the community. The church that mm-hmm. meets the needs of the community will be the church of the community. Mm, that's good. That's so good. That is a big, big deal for us. The way mm. that we do outreach, the way that we do groups, how mm. we're meeting the needs of the individual needs in that community is very intentional in the way that we go about mm-hmm. things. But when mm. you pull back, people still want to be a part of something that is big and growing mm-hmm. and overall mm-hmm. is healthy and successful. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's where our vision and our mission sits and our strategy sits. So everything mm. else underneath that is very distinct to that area. The groups now we do mm. all we all do the group same way, you mm. know. Um, but it's very distinct to that community that we're in. 
Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Can you give me some examples of what that, how, you know, some of those distinctives, how that would kind of work itself out? Um, I get the idea at like the overall strategy point of view is common, but then how, how, do, how do you allow some or have some nuance, not really allow, but have some nuance, uh, you know, at, at a local level? Yeah, it's it's the way that we're meeting needs in that area. Okay. So okay. it would be um, like one of our locations is, is in Colombia. Colombia has typically been um, the poorest community in all of Lancaster mm. County. Mm-hmm. So there's things that we're doing in Colombia Maybe mm-hmm. that some other churches have started and we've come alongside and been a part of it, you know, mm-hmm. hands across the street. Um, we'll do things in helping to meet the needs there that we won't do in a more affluent area, mm-hmm. something like um, like a Lidditz. So if mm-hmm. we're in Lidditz, we're really focusing in on, on finding out, okay, um, when they gather together and when we have mm-hmm. celebrations or whenever we have... Um, parades or stuff going on that there's this big park. So we're engaged mm-hmm. there, making sure that people are seeing us, that, mm-hmm. uh, that they know that there is a church in the community. We're also very involved there in the school system, which mm. you know, that's a big deal for that community. The com- right. people in that community are very involved in the schools. And so that's, so that's a little bit different. So mm-hmm. they'll push that at our Lidditz campus where our Columbia campus, they'll do more of feeding, um, taking care of, of, uh, of actual physical needs that people have. So those, those locations actually take on the feel of that community. Mm-hmm. I love it. So one of the things for a leader like yourself that has been serving, uh, you know, for more than five years, let's say, so there's some, there's some line in the sand where um, we have to keep reinventing ourselves. We have to keep growing. We have to keep, um, you know, we, if, if we get stuck and stagnant, then like shocker, the church we lead or the organizations we leave will become stuck and stagnant. And I, no doubt you've led over all these years, you know, going on almost 20 years, uh, in the same church. Uh, you know, there's lots of people that, that haven't been able to continue to do that. How do you do that? How do you keep growing? How do you keep learning, uh, as a leader about these things or just in general, how what's that look like? You know, we're not afraid to take risks. And I think some of that is the youth pastor in you too. You know, you're always yes. looking to do the next awesome thing. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what's something that's really going to be, um, that's going to be impactful for people. Mm-hmm. And so we're not afraid to do things. So one of the big things that we do is um, we had never done it before, but we did a biker blessing. Um, okay, that's cool. Yeah, back a couple of years ago. And so, I mean, that thing just like took off and we were so mm. so excited about that. And then we're like, well, what are some other things that we can do? And so our kids pastor at the time, he's like, what if we did just like this huge splash day, invited all of our communities to do this mm. huge water slide. And there were thousands of people that were showing up for that on the hmm. Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon. And so always looking, listening to the people who are around, um, mm-hmm. some of the ideas that they've got, some mm-hmm. of the things that you're hearing about going around in the nation, you know, the things you're mm-hmm. doing, the people are doing, I think mm-hmm. it's not getting so just tunnel visioned into mm-hmm. your own thing, but always being mm-hmm. open to, to new ideas and relationships, conversations mm-hmm. to kind of keep things fresh. There is something absolutely beautiful about being in the place, though, for as long as we have. Yeah. You know, there, there's, there's a lot of beauty in the long haul. Mm-hmm. You know, well, yeah, it's, yeah, that's one of the, I was, yeah, I'd love you to talk more about that because one of the things we see, we've done a lot of work on studying, uh, growing churches, fast growing churches. And one of the common traits you see 
is they are pastors like yourself that have been there for a decade plus uh, yeah. there. And, and that, that's one of those answers that people don't like. It's like, how do you have a growing church? Well, first spend 10 years there <laughs> next, uh, you know, and talk us about that. What, what do you think some of the advantages of being a long haul leader, uh, you know, in a location, uh, you know, what are some of the advantages of that? What's that look like? Oh, you get the respect that you really do gain from right. the people that you're leading because they're seeing you through all the ups and downs. And a lot of mm-hmm. people are here for a couple of years. You know what that's like. They'll mm-hmm. spend three mm-hmm. years in one place. They come to a difficult situation. They'll move and spend three years in another place. And they say they got six years of ministry experience. No, they don't. They got three years in two places is what they got. Yes, yes. You know, yes. and so I think being around people that see you going through the ebbs and the flows and the ups and the downs, mm-hmm. weathering the different storms and being mm-hmm. a part of, of, of uh, dedicating the child mm-hmm. to the Lord, and then you're marrying that child off later wow. on. Wow! You know, yes. I think there what is a privilege. A, oh, it is. There's such a connection, you know, that really mm-hmm. happens there as well, because mm-hmm. they know at the end of the day, because they're living life, you know, twenty four seven. But at the end of the day, if they're going through difficulties, they know that there's some stability, and they mm-hmm. look to their pastor for that stability, and that's been earned over time to mm-hmm. be able to have that, and so. Yeah, I, yes. I, I think it's it's one of the joys that my wife and I have had is to be able to be mm-hmm. here as long as we have. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. What a great, that's a great word for people, you know, as, as we're thinking about, you know, how do we, how do we lead, you know, a part of this is, hey, we, we should be hunkering down and we're going to be here for a while. And so, and I, I know that there's so many, you know, f- friends of mine who have led in real thriving churches that they're like, they're not going anywhere. It's like, yeah. it's, you know, we're, we just keep plugging away. That's, uh, that's so good. Our now, kids are very li- involved too, Rich. I'm sorry, but our kids are really involved. Mm. Also. And so we got four of them. They're adults. They're all married right now. Um, I'm saying, well, they're married, period. <laughs> but we got, most of them have kids right now. We got yes. um, our daughter and her husband are, are hopefully, man, we're mm. believing God for that, but we got grandkids. Mm-hmm. And so they're all a part too. And they're, they're really wow. anchored into um, their faith or anchored after all these years, they still love their mom and dad, you know, who've been mm-hmm. a minister their mm-hmm. entire life. Mm-hmm. They love mm-hmm. the local church and mm-hmm. that speaks a lot to community yeah, as well. And so not only pastoring your church and loving and caring and leading, but making mm-hmm. sure number one, that you're pastoring your family and you're yeah. loving and you're caring and you're doing that with your wife. And mm-hmm. so that has helped us too. I think in the longevity is because we want to leave a legacy, not only yeah. for us, but now our kids and our grandkids to be able to follow after. Yeah. We, we weren't planning on talking about this, but you went there. So I'd love to hear more. So my, my own kids were like, we're one or two phases before your kids. So my daughter just graduated from university. My son's in university, uh, in college. Um, and they both love the Lord. They love the church. And like, I always say by God's grace, like it's amazing, Amen. you know, and, yep. and, you know, but what, what would your coaching, what would your advice? We've got a lot of young pastors that are listening in. Uh, what would, you know, and, and unfortunately the stereotype is there's a lot of kids that end up our age yeah. who have been kind of the pastor's kid thing. Um, what would be your coaching and advice, uh, you know, to parents as who are happen to also, you know, work in a church? Yeah. You know, I think a, a couple things that looking back that we did, and I'm really thankful for, we stumbled on is mm-hmm. our kids. We always told our kids, you know, you're, you're in ministry until you're 18. You know, mm. God chose for you to be born to, to this mom <laughs> to and this family. dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you, and we're in ministry, we're called to ministry. Mm. And so that means you are too. When you're 18, you can make your own decision, but until then we're going mm. to church, mm-hmm. you know, and you're going to be at youth group. And so, mm-hmm. and we made that, we didn't make that rule when they were 14 or 15, <laughs> you mm. know, when you're going to have to struggle, it's going to be a struggle at that point. 
we led them there early on. And I think another beautiful thing too is that, you know, you put a lot of hours in when you're a pastor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there were often times, you know, where the kids would cry and say, oh, Daddy, can't you just stay home and things like that? We would always tell our kids, and my wife was really, really good with this. And Pam would say, well, Daddy's going to love people. He'll mm-hmm. be back in a little while. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Daddy has to go to work. Daddy has to go to church. You know, mm-hmm. Daddy's going to love on people. And when mm-hmm. he's done loving on people, then he'll be back. That was a constant that we said to our kids early on. And I think that really helped our kids to love people as well right. and to realize the church wasn't taking dad away. The church and the people, they're, he's going to love on those those mm-hmm. folks. And that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So those are just, you know, a, a couple Oh boy, we could talk about. We could have a whole podcast yeah, and that's a whole like conversation. Wife on yeah, it, yeah. And, uh, and she could write off all kinds of uh, things that we had done. And we didn't do everything right, obviously. No, no. But those yeah, were some yeah. things that we did um, early on that really did help to to mm-hmm. set up our family to be able to succeed. Mm-hmm. Okay, kind of in a related uh, area. Uh, have, did you do a sabbatical at ever during that, you know, that yeah. 20 years or, or is it coming up? I feel like there's a lot of guys who are like, it's coming up year 42, but what, oh, what does that look goodness. like? Yeah, we, we actually did. So our first sabbatical and the only sabbatical we ever took was in uh, 2017. So okay. we had been in the ministry at that point. We were, it was 30 years that mm-hmm. we, and we had never taken a sabbatical or anything like that. And so I had talked to our our leadership team at the point and just said, Hey, I know that we've never done anything like this, but um, I really like for you guys to consider, you know, me going on mm, sabbatical. And mm, so I wrote a good. whole sabbatical policy and gave that to mm. me. And I'll tell you, it, it, the thing that really just uh, spurred me on toward this was this word picture that the Lord had given to me. And it was this picture of a boat that was gliding across the water in this endless ocean. And sometimes the waters were calm and sometimes the waters were rough, but the boat just continued just to keep moving and keep motoring mm-hmm. along. along. Mm-hmm. And the driver of the boat was enjoying the ride, loving the view, enjoyed the passengers that were in the boat. And they all loved to be together and they loved the scenery. Most often the throttle was wide open, but sometimes the boat actually would stop along the lake and we'd rest for a bit, but then it'd be back up to speed again. And this boat had been traveling on this endless ocean for years and mm-hmm. unknown to the driver, the boat had slowed down a little bit. And this is the whole picture that the Lord was given to me. Mm. The driver doesn't even notice it because he's still making great progress. He's still loving the view. He's still loving the people mm. that he's with. He takes care of the engine, continues to, to work hard, but the throttle's wide open, yet the boat seems to be bogging down a little bit. Mm. And when the driver finally takes the boat to the marina, they pull the boat, they dry dock the boat, and immediately they notice what the problem is. They notice that... Uh, though everything looked great from the waterline up below the waterline, all these barnacles had attached mm. themselves. To the oh, that's boat, good. That's powerful. It slowing it down from what it was intended to be used for. And so the Lord told me at that point that, um, and it's just as clear as day, Rich, was just pastors collect expectations like boats collect barnacles. Mm. You'll never oh, wow. know until you pull yourself out of the water. And when I wow. shared that with our lead team, I mean, there was mm-hmm. like, I mean, everybody in the room is just like, crying. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was yes, a real powerful, moment. powerful moment. Yeah, and yeah, so sure. uh, we instituted a sabbatical policy at that point. And mm-hmm. so every seven years, yep. Yeah, so we, um, our team goes away and I can remember the first, uh, I sat down with a buddy of mine at LCBC, a pastor, Dave Ashcraft, who used to be the, mm-hmm. uh, the lead pastor mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I share with him my whole 
what I'm going to be doing over these next 90 days of my sabbatical. Yeah. And he's looking at everything I'm going to accomplish. And he's like, Kurt, I think you're missing the point of a sabbatical. And he really, <laughs> <laughs> and he really helped to coach crank me. It up. You need to rest is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, so we put all that stuff together. And our team now is on a rotation to where we have different pastors that are going at different mm -hmm. times now to make sure they get a sabbatical. And it's all tiered, you know, to mm -hmm. where you sit on the leadership mm -hmm. team or the mm -hmm. strategic team or whatever. But mm -hmm. uh, we really want to take care of our team by give them mm -hmm. sabbaticals. Yeah, that's that's a great word. I love there the encouragement. And maybe you could speak a little bit more to this. Like one of the difficulties of um, being the first pastor that's been there for 10 years, yeah. um, you know, at a church like yours is like you are probably going to have to, when, which is what you did, have to raise your hand and say, hey, this is an issue that I think we need to talk about. And you did the, you know, what an amazing gift you've given to generations that have come after you at, at Victory. But talk to us about, maybe there's a leader who hears that and is like, oh man, that's totally me. But I, I, you know, pastors are by definition, like they're caring for other people. They've oriented their lives around other people. And, yep. and that might feel really selfish. So yeah. help them, help us understand, how do you flag that? How do you even kind of open that conversation up? Man, I am German Swiss. And so all of those feelings were coming out big time. <laughs> sure. You know, I'm in Pennsylvania, Dutch country for Pete's sake. Yes, that's hilarious. You know, I'm, like, I'm not worried. These guys are working 80 hours a week. I'm yes. horrible. So what I did is I took a risk mm. and I, I talked about it on a Sunday morning. And oh, I shared with our church where things were at as far as just, just the workloads and what that's like and why this is not um, this extended vacation or mm -hmm. anything like that mm -hmm. and why mm -hmm. I think I'm so deserving of all mm -hmm. this time, but the importance of it and, and the benefits that's going to bring to our church afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I had asked them during that time, I said, you know, as we're getting ready to go, um, I'm, I'm encouraging you not to don't stop attending. We mm -hmm. need you to be here. We need you to mm -hmm. support. Don't mm -hmm. stop giving. And so there mm -hmm. are things I was asking them to do as well mm -hmm. during that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, when it came back, the first Sunday back, actually, Pam and I sat down and we just gave a whole report of things that hmm. we had learned and things that we were hmm. walking through. And it was absolutely beautiful. It was seamless. Mm -hmm. Most of that, it wasn't self-imposed in my own head. Like people are going to feel this way, but they're really not. Oh yeah. They're really going to feel that way. You mm. know, that why are you taking this extended <laughs> vacation? So sure. I think that's why it's important that you get out in front of it. Right. And you share call it out. Yeah. yeah. You, you got, you got to call it out because that's what a leader yeah. does. A leader gets mm -hmm. out. In front. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, that was a, a real looking back. Now that was such a smart thing. And now mm -hmm. when our team comes up for sabbatical, yeah, our church knows mm -hmm. what we do yeah, for just, health. It just becomes a part of it. health and yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I think, and yeah, I totally get, that's a fun, uh, you know, the Pennsylvania Dutch work <laughs> ethic, you know, if you can do it there in that, right. in that culture, man, you, lots of places in the country that would be fine. And, and I think, to be honest, I think most pastors underestimate whoever they're like, whatever they're like, the people they report to their board, their overseers, whatever that looks like. Yeah. They underestimate how much those people care for them. And, yes. you know, they, yes. they, they, they understand like, Hey, okay, that makes sense. Like, and it is like a, there's a Jahari window there. You have to open for them to be like, Hey, this is something that I, you know, would love for us to think about. And, um, I love that. What a great, that's great that coaching. Is so, that is so true. And I didn't realize too, how much I needed it. It took right. me no lie. I was going back and looking over my notes. It took me five weeks until sure. I finally was yeah. able to feel like, okay, now I'm relaxed. 
mm-hmm. you know, now mm-hmm. I'm at this point. So you need it more than you think you do. Yeah, totally. I have a good friend of mine is on sabbatical right now and he, I was cheering for him. I was texting him. Hey man, good, good. Like, I'm so glad. And he, um, he's a, he's a really hard worker and, um, his, you know, he's, his ethnic background is Korean and like very similar. And he, it was his reflection. He was like, it feels very odd to be taking it. But he said, you know, Rich, I've, and he, so he's 50. He's like, I have never taken more than one week off yeah. one consecutive, in be, even between roles has never d- done that, uh, for his entire career. And, uh, and I think even now, I think coming post COVID, like we are post post COVID now, friends, yeah. there are people who are tired and, there's there they got a lot of barnacles on their boat that they need to knock off uh get knocked off in the in the dry dock just love that that's good how, how yeah. is that how did that impact your rhythm kind of beyond that so you came back did that did anything change on how you structured your life and all yes. that yes sat down with my executive assistant and i said okay let's talk about my calendar and mm-hmm. she's like i already have a bunch of ideas for you so we sat down and we really began to map out okay what does the ideal week now look like for me in this mm-hmm. new seat that i'm in we worked mm-hmm. real hard to try to set things up to where it ran really well, even while we weren't there, and mm-hmm. it did. But mm-hmm. so there were a lot of things that I recognized during that time, a lot of weeds I didn't have to dive down into mm-hmm. that I can mm-hmm. actually stay up out of. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wouldn't have known that had we not taken the sabbatical and realized, hey, all I mm-hmm. need to do is just these just need to be touch points. I don't need to be mm-hmm. in these things. Mm-hmm. That helped a lot in my calendaring, and it really helped me to 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 dial into the fact that I'm going to take a full day off. And mm-hmm. so Friday mm-hmm. is my full day off. Mm-hmm. And we would be sporadic about that, you know, to mm-hmm. be very honest with you for mm-hmm. years, you kind of do what you had to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'd, you know, you'd have to, you know, work on that day or, or whatever. Yourself, it's not work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. So we take ever since then, there's been a truce about, I cannot think of, very many weeks when we would have missed a true Friday off mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. together that we took. And so, yeah, that's really for my health and for um, just direction for clarity mm-hmm. in my mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in, I'm in great health, but just for clarity mm-hmm. in my mind, it mm-hmm. has really helped to be able to do that, to see things differently and to project, oh, what do I want this next half of my life to look like? Mm-hmm. So maybe well, that, that, like that. Yeah, that connects, that kind of is full circle back to, you know, clarity around direction and vision and all that. And, and our, we're a part of that. God's called, he hasn't called a, just a, you're not a random widget that he's called to lead this church. You're an individual person. And so a part yeah. of that is you've got to process all this stuff and work through it and, and ask the Lord. And, and, you know, that all, a lot of that happens when in the, in the slowdown, the silence, the, when things aren't quite so go, go, go all the time. So I just yeah. love that. That's, that's so good. What a great, uh, this has been a great conversation. Anything else you want to share just as we wrap up today's uh, conversation? Yeah, I think one thing that that we've learned too along the way that's really helped us mm-hmm. a whole lot is just understanding how to do this whole balance thing. You know, we've heard, we've had mm. so many, uh, we have so many conversations with a lot of people, a lot of pastors just about life balance. So what does it look mm-hmm. like to balance your marriage and ministry and, mm-hmm. and your family and your ministry and, and uh, d- just all the ebbs and flows for years, um, I would would just I would fight to try to find balance, you know, mm. in everything. And one thing that I had learned, uh, learned from a guy by the name of Bruce Miller. He wrote a great book, and and we were together at a, a pastors network. Oh, gee, probably about eight years ago, mm-hmm. seven eight years ago. 
And then he talked about rhythms and the importance mm. of not trying to find balance in things, but to ride the rhythms of your church. Know the, know what your church, the rhythms of your church and ride that. When you got to mm. work hard, work hard. When your church is not in a busy time, don't try to make it busy. It's mm, good. Take that, hang around down there because it's going to get busy again. There are natural mm. rhythms. And so we have, even our church, we diagnosed this. And so the first five months of the year, they are like high, fast speed for us. Mm. Next three months are the lowest. Mm, that's then good. Four months after that, it's kind of like it's right in the middle. You know? Yes. So first five are high, next three are the low, and then the next four are in the middle. And so we have kind of oriented our life around that rhythm mm. and around that oh, flow of our church rather than just trying to fight it all the time. Mm-hmm. Because you oh, fight, you're good. trying to fight culture as well. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's smart just to just to ride those rhythms. Mm-hmm. Don't try to find balance and all that stuff. Yeah, that's good. I, you know, I think that's one of the things that we've lost as kind of our entire, well, and, and maybe not so much in your part of the country, but as the general culture has shifted away from being anything agrarian, that is this idea of there are seasons when you plant, there are seasons when you water, and then there are even seasons when you harvest. And yeah. those all have different work paces to them, right? They're all, it's not the same all the time. Exactly. And so, you know, we've, we've kind of slipped into this, like, just keep working all the time rhythm, which is not really a rhythm at all. That's yeah. interesting. You're, you're exactly right. Because when you talk about that kind of terminology and you give those kind mm-hmm. of illustrations in this mm-hmm. aggregate culture that I live in, you mm-hmm. may dial into that really quick. So I guess I'm at a little bit of an advantage, <laughs> maybe <laughs> in some of that stuff. But, yeah, uh, but hopefully cool. our listeners can listen to this and they can they can dial in and, and take some of that mm-hmm. stuff away. You know, how can I how can I use that in my church and in my life as well? Yeah. That's so good. This has been a great conversation, Kurt. I really appreciate your time today. And uh, thanks so much for leaning in and helping us. If people want to track with you or with the church, where do we want to send them online? Yeah. So we got everything right at our church, just victorychurch.org. So right. everything's there. I'm, just, I'm horrible on uh, on Twitter. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm really yeah, not on it. social media yeah, um, that's a whole lot. It's funny. Some of our, you know, some church people are like, man, is everything okay? You didn't respond back to me. You know, I, I sent you a message on Facebook three months ago. I'm like, I'm not even on Facebook. I don't even know how to out there anymore or anything yes. like that. But, uh, but yeah, Love just, it. It, just going really, everything's right at, the, at that at the church. Um, Love it. Yeah. So that's the best way to do it. Well, thanks so much for being here today. I really appreciate, really appreciate you being on the episode. Thank you. Oh, I'm so grateful for you, Rich. Thanks for everything you do for the community of faith at large. And so you're a blessing for sure. Well, thanks, brother. Take care, man. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.